Hello, and welcome to Leviathan News. It's December 19th. I hope you guys all have your Christmas shopping done, like well within the time that actually today's probably the last day that you can get Amazon orders off. Uh, maybe you can sell off some of your your crypto. You're, you're coming into the, the holiday season. You should be doing some tax loss harvesting, maybe giving away to charity, or making some political donations and trying to bring about better outcomes for, for crypto in the United States, if, if you are a burger. Uh, and today we have a good friend of mine, Alex Chizik, who is the COO of the Digital Chamber of Commerce in Washington. He's the guy that's on Capitol Hill meeting with all the senators, explaining things to them, and helping push a pro-crypto agenda in Washington. So welcome, Alex. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on, Sam. Good, good seeing you again. It's been, it's yeah. been a little bit. <laughs> uh, so Alex and I worked together at, at OKCoin, uh, now OKX, uh, for quite a while. Uh, Alex left, and uh, I went into the DeFi space, and Alex went to Washington. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what exactly do you do there? Uh, do you just like pick up the phone all day, firing off letters? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well. Um, uh, yeah, look, thanks for having me on. Uh, as Sam said, we were together, OKCoin, okay, OKX. Um, we went our separate ways, but Sam and I would have long walks in Miami and discussions of all things DeFi and all things crypto. And um, and I look, I live in D.C. and I thought my, my whole background isn't lobbying or policy, but the, with the regulation being so tragically bad in the U.S., you know, I thought maybe uh, maybe you can lend a hand. So uh, we do we do pick up the phone quite a bit. My role is trying to stand up the the, the trade the operations of the trade. It's actually quite complex, um, but we answer. Uh, there's a bunch of different trades in Washington, and I think what makes us stand out is uh, a few things. We're um, we're the more even keeled trade uh, association so on twitter and so on where we keep our voice fairly even keeled and that helps us get into a lot of doors in congress um we're also we also happen to represent a lot of the major more uh, buttoned up institutional players like the fidelities the bny melons the some of the banks uh, as well as crypto native companies stellar avalanche uh, and so on um, as well as the exchanges, uh, OKCoin is, is one. And I mean, you can see our members on the website. Um, well, look, we, we have a, we have our hands in pretty much every major piece of legislation that either comes from Congress or we stop from coming from Congress, like some of Elizabeth Warren's bills. Um, and, and we push back against those fairly, fairly heavily. Um, and we're the ones that most people in Congress turn to over probably many other uh, trade associations and or groups so we can get into many doors. And the reason why we do that is, again, we're fairly even keeled. We try to acknowledge that there are problems that we need to solve and consume protections that we need to have, but also we're fighting pretty hard for the space. Um, and in fact, we're almost fighting for the U.S. not to fumble the ball more than we're fumbling the ball um, because the, the state of regulation has been atrocious. It's a long fight and long slog. I know a lot of people are uh, tired and frustrated with the progress and, and how slow it is. And look, we are as well. There's some things in Congress we can't avoid. And I can tell you some anecdotes and sometimes Congress people can't avoid them as well. Uh, we could talk about, for example, uh, if you guys want, uh, when the, there was no speaker in the House and how even the Republicans had no idea what was happening. So like, if they have no idea what's happening day to day, that's like, let alone you know, pushing crypto legislation when they have the defense and they have, um, you know, the heads of the different defense um, branches of the military to fill. So long story short, we're on the Hill. We have a whole policy department that answers letters, that writes policy papers. So it pretty much lives on the Hill in Senate and in the House. And, um, you know, we're, we're pushing for, for the space. So how many suits did you have to buy when you came back to Washington? Eight. A lot. A lot. Eight. Eight, eight combinations of you know, like a suit, brown shoes, a suit, black shoes. Remember what was that? That was the yeah, yeah. I, remember, I know that one. It's but like a man. if there's only seven days a week, you gotta look good. You know, like uh, uh, eight tops times eight pants and sixty-four times two different colors of shoes. You know, that's a uh, hundred twenty-eight combinations of 
of various attires. That's that's like a third of the year I can basically wear a different uh, a different yeah. style of clothes. So. And you you couldn't you couldn't dress up for this interview though. <laughs> I, well, I yeah, I got to keep it crypto, you know. I got to keep it a little, a little casual. I, you know, here, here, here we go. Look at that. How about is this? Uh, is this a little better? Now my more DeFi and in, in, uh, in DGen now. So what's your what's your power tie color? My oh my power tie my power tie. Yes. Oh, it has to be just blood red. I just. Uh, or do you do you change ties based on who you're meeting with? Like if you're meeting with the Dems, are you wearing a blue tie? <laughs> meeting with Republicans wearing a red tie. I love it. I just go pink through and through, you know. And just yeah. Just well, it, come May, come come spring, right? Like that, that's you know, right. Then <laughs> yeah, fall. It's a fall color. You got to have a little bit of a darker. In the spring, it's everything's blossoming. We're gonna have the crypto summer in the in 2024 spring. Uh, it's <laughs> it's funny. I, uh, actually, actually, all jokes aside, you know, um, I kind of think back my my career as I've gone through it. I've had very different styles of dress, which kind of sucked because I had to redo my wardrobe. After business school, I went to consulting. And consulting was pretty – it was like very smart but sleek business casual. So all my shirts I had to get tailored, like literally every single shirt. Then I went to Microsoft. And in Microsoft, you uh, it was like all drip jeans and T-shirts. I would go into Seattle in like a nice shirt and people would look at me weird. Like, well, who is this guy? You know, So I had to go back all to jeans. Then I went. I was running a PE company, and like I was presenting uh, the company in front of uh, either the PE fund or like Samsung and Apple. There were clients. I had to go back to wearing like consulting clothes. And then OK Coin. I don't know what were we wearing at OK Coin. It was like T-shirts and and whatever. Is, and now yeah. it's suits. But it's like wholesale changes of uh, uh, of wardrobe. But um, yeah, yeah, gotta you gotta look the part. So how exactly does policy get made or get get kind of lobbied through a trade organization like yours do you guys like sit down internally and like come up with guidance that you're like distributing out like how do you how do you like build that policy in the first place yeah no it's a great question uh so i um it's probably two twofold uh one is we plan for the year so you know um there are certain there are certain things that that we want to make sure that we get done uh you know stable coins security versus commodity issues um uh you know better and clear regulation of or, or stopping the uh, the whole regulation around nodes for example and like in elizabeth warren's bill of saying that any node runner you know has to uh, use kyc essentially is now a bank so those are kind of major chunks right that that, that we need to push through um uh outside of that our industry moves so fast that things just come up um lawsuits we write amicus briefs so uh we're very bitcoin centric but we've written amicus briefs for exchanges we did it for coinbase we did it for binance uh we wrote the amicus briefs for tokens ripple actually the judge used our argument in her uh in her final argument in our of our amicus brief um so the ripple community i think was a, mad at us before that we didn't submit the uh amicus brief soon enough but there's like there's there are legal requirements you can't just like send it in there's we, we did it right away now they're, they're they're happy with us because the judge Taurus used the argument um and then we have uh and then we have like think like fincen uh so so there's like big chunks right then the other chunks are things that come up and then in the middle are um treasury wants to understand nfts or fincen wants comments on xyz so we have to address those so that we're addressing it uh from the, a good point of view um of of the industry and we work very collaboratively so we have working groups within the company aml kyc uh tax uh accounting by the way accounting the fasb standard we've been pushing that forever uh, proof of reserves we've been pushing that for three years way before ftx and had they actually listened, we would not potentially would have been in, in the place where we uh, where we uh, have been. And so these we work with the working groups and uh, there's usually a few leaders of the working groups, a prominent law firm, Baker Hotstetler or Clifford Chance or DLA Piper, or pretty much major, major law firms in the space. Perkins Coey, Perkins Coey did, you know, these guys are like OGs in, in, in crypto and did things way back in 2013 2014 when when this wasn't even an industry um and also 
us, our members, and you know some of the big firms, tax and accounting, Deloitte, you know, is a uh, plays a big role. And so we're able to push up product that's very, very thought through and has all the aspects of, you know, our lawyers are all main, main lawyers are former SEC uh, officials. Um, the person that leads our tax, uh, excuse me, our token alliance working group, which is essentially security versus commodity. She's, she's the chair of the SEC Alumni Association. So it's like very prominent people plus very prominent um, law firms. And we get a very nuanced response when government comes to us we also get very nuanced amicus briefs and so on and so forth and then the final piece is the government relations is when elizabeth warren comes up with her bills somebody has to go and knock on doors and say hey don't sign up for this bill don't assign your name because of xyz right and that's typically us other people are doing it as well but again we we build relationships with every major office and on the house and senate side um and then the last thing I'll say, I know, I know it's probably a long answer, but we, we do these things once, uh, uh, once a month where we do fly-ins and we take, uh, folks, our members typically, other than one day where it's called the education day, where it's, we have a annual conference and we take anybody who wants to join and we take them to the Hill and we literally go office to office, uh, with our members so they can so that members of Congress can see that crypto and digital assets and Bitcoin is a real business. We did it with Bitcoin miners, for example. We took made all the CEOs of the major companies. And there's a different conversation when a member of Congress is sitting, you know, across the table from a CEO who's telling them about the jobs they're creating, about the capex they're putting in the ground, uh, and so on and so forth. And that helps change the narrative. So there's an educational component to it. So I know that the I'll opponents of so I know that some of the opponents of cryptocurrency uh, have characterized like this kind of like nebulous big crypto lobbying industry that uh, you know, they like to like in this like this dark money group of shadowy super coders that essentially runs things in DC. Um, whereas I feel like as a crypto proponent myself, I feel like we're like underrepresented. Um, is the truth somewhere in the middle? We're completely underrepresented, uh, I think. Here, talking from the big bad, apparently super lobbyist that I am, I'm <laughs> not registered <laughs> lobbyist. <laughs> we have we have our, our our folks going and doing this. We are completely underrepresented, um, and I think what, what we do, in fact, I'll just point something out because it's it's a bit of unspoken uh, elephant in the room. What we do the worst as an industry is is donate money, and I'm not just saying that because. You know there is some conflict of interest because obviously the funds we're nonprofit we use the funds to to push our programming um but the amount of money uh the traditional finance raises um big tech and so on through their trade associations makes us look like a little you know we're like children and they're you know if they're the mba we're like you know the kids the the, the 11 year olds playing basketball on some random court, you know, in the middle of, of the city. I mean, it's not, it's like night and day. And so while it's all nice and easy to characterize us as, as, uh, as these shadowy super bankers or super coders or super lobbyists or whatever we want to call ourselves, um, we need a lot more help. And the, I think the issue with, with, with our, um, industry is that, even take Bitcoin maximalists, right? Ultimately, at its at its heart, of Bitcoin maxi says Bitcoin will happen with or without the U.S. And I think it's a completely wrong position to take because crypto and Bitcoin and DeFi will absolutely happen with or without the U.S. It's just going to be a lot more happy and a lot more pleasant and a lot faster for all of us if it happens with the US because the money is here. This is the by far the biggest and the most stable financial market in the world. And a lot of the big traditional uh, firms want to get in. This wall of Wall Street money is there. The, the issue is that we're not accessing it um, and we're not very good at raising funds. So we're trying to do uh, what some of the other folks are trying to do with the Fair, Fair Shake Super PAC that was launched. It's actually starting to funnel money. But even look, like, you know, to all the credit to Brian Armstrong and the Winklevoss twins and Andreessen Horowitz and all these guys, um, they raised this Fair Shake Super PAC. It's amazing. Great. It's $78 million, right? But guys, like, we're talking about $78 million from some of the most prominent crypto billionaires out there. You yeah. know? 
Like it's 78 million. I, it, it's great. Like I'm super happy. They're raising more than we can raise for sure. Right. We wouldn't be able to raise that, that amount. We're, we're working on it right off the get go. We won't be able to, but are you talking about Andreessen? You're talking about the Winklevoss. You're talking about Brian Armstrong. You're talking about Brad Garlinghouse from Ripple. 78 is a good start, but it's just that it's a good start. It's a good start. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's better than nothing. Right. And, you know, they have their own like legal claims and op OPEX for their own companies as well, too. So, um, you know, for anybody else that's at home, you know, we're coming into the end of the year. Uh, there are ways to, to make donations uh, with your crypto uh, that you can potentially offset some of your taxes. That's something to maybe take a look at in these last weeks and uh, support something good inside of, of Washington. Uh, so you just like show up at these Congress people's offices with a giant policy binder and handing out sheets saying, you know, binders full of policy, binders like, full of like policy. Romney's old. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, sometimes we actually do. I wish I had one uh, here that I could share some pamphlets that we, I don't have one on me, but um, uh, we do sometimes. Most of the time it is with, and ask, right? Actually, most of the time they contact us. Jill Brand, Lummis, all the major players that you know are crypto supporters contact us. Yeah. And hey, this is coming down, or hey, we're thinking about writing this. What do you think? Uh, you know, how should we? What should we do with it? And then we opine and help them. Sometimes our members are like business members, not members of Congress, come to us and say, hey you know, XYZ is happening with this tax rule, right? Tax and accounting are fairly boring things, right? Nobody cares about them other than this FASB change to fair value accounting is one of the major, major, major yeah. milestones in the industry, okay? Like some of the tax rules around when and how you recognize Bitcoin for miners is a major deal. And so some of these, this is like the legal and financial and accounting infrastructure that we need to lay for the institutions to come in because they're not coming in without it. The ETF is one. The FASB rules is another. Um, these are, again, major watershed moments that, that we work on. But yeah, when we go to Congress, it's you always you have a leave behind. Oftentimes, uh, uh, you know, you come in and and if you're if you're just a pleasant person, you know, like these staffers are. Kids that are, yeah, overworked kids you know they're one or two years out of out of college and they're just running around and they have to think about crypto and you know the the the, the senior aides are are very well uh, informed but a lot of the people that are working are just overworked and you know and you come in and you're just a breath if you come in firing and you're you know hot and heavy they just they, it's not pleasant you just want to end the conversation really quickly if you come in and you're pleasant and decent and you're like yeah no, we have problems but here's how to fix those problems that's the best way to say it right hey there was illicit finance on, on crypto even though we all agree that it's minute and small okay there is here's what we should do right we're doing a we're doing a series to train law enforcement of how to look at uh blockchains and track illicit activity we know that they actually want to do this right but instead of avoiding the issue um, I think we can lean into the issue and say, okay, there are some. Here's why actually blockchains are great to track illicit finance. Here's how you stop it, right? It's whatever, 0.5% versus everything else. But let's eliminate it. It's a very different conversation than, no, you're wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Like, especially in this polarized world, yelling at someone, telling them they're wrong, it doesn't work. It just, it just doesn't work anymore, right? And so we're super entrenched in our own camps. So the only way to, to, to create this divide is to just be nice, <laughs> just be pleasant. Uh, so Gary, you've been running a, a pack as well too, haven't you? I wouldn't call it a pack, although it uh, was poorly named as a uh, pack DAO. Um, uh, there was an acronym of people advocating for crypto, but this was a uh, very much a product of the bull market when uh, you know everyone was like at their all-time high of excitement, and we got started with this concept of like, could we put funds in a smart contract that could be given or issued upon completion with certain actions? Um, uh, th those being like actions favorable towards crypto. And uh, the use case definitely was like, uh, we were able to get people donating funds because we gave them commemorative NFTs if they did such things. 
Um, but it didn't actually prove very effective at kind of like influencing action on the other side. And we didn't do a good job of networking in. Uh, so we also looked at other, some other things like building an on-chain congressional scorecard, um, which was cool, but also like widely underutilized. So uh, having completed these, like we're like, we still have this organization uh, that kind of has like a bit of a treasury and like some coders sitting around, like looking for ways that we can make ourselves useful. Um, but it really seems like any attempts to like build on-chain tools to kind of streamline this process, uh, like fly in the face of reality, which in my observation is that like the hardcore use case for like how to influence legislation in DC is really the old fashioned work that Alex, you're doing, like the going to cocktail parties, uh, trying to insert yourself in the conversation, trying to know who the right people to talk to are. Um, and at the moment, it doesn't seem like that can be replicated on chain. I don't know your thoughts I, on I that. Think, yeah, I think it's a super interesting idea. Um, Without going into too much detail, we've dabbled and 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 uh, kicked around some ideas around that same thing. <clears throat> it's probably a longer term play. Maybe we'll reach out and we'd love to talk to you about you know your experience with this and um, uh, probably a little bit more of a deeper conversation for a different time. Not ready to say anything yet. However, uh, uh, you're you're right that initially right now it's it's a Look, politics, all of this is influence. It's just influence, right? And and if we go back to our our root of, you know, kids in the playground, it's just about liking each other, right? It's just about creating some sort of human connection. From that human connection, you start influencing people to, to see the light in our case, right? We want to orange build as many people as we, as we can. And that is a fundamentally very human game. Right? It's, a fun, it's a very human activity. You have to be presentable. You have to be liked. By the way, I don't know um, how often you guys meet politicians, but one thing that it was both a surprise to me as well as probably not that big of a surprise, um, if you think about it, is every politician that I've ever met, every single one, either side of the aisle, no matter how far to the you know end of the spectrum they are over, or the middle, Every single person has one common trait, and that is they are extremely personable. They just you just want to feel every one of them. You just want to go grab a beer with, because that is their business. Their business is to be liked, is to be identified by the constituents that vote them in, and and this goes again. Even your most hated politician, I bet you, if we all came down and found Elizabeth Warren in a bar, and I I haven't met her, I haven't personally met her, but outside of politics, be like, huh. Pretty cool lady to have a drink with. That That is their job. Their job is to f figure out how to be liked. And so it's a very human, high-touch game. And I don't think that's going to change, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. And so we have to play that game. Well, I guess my my next question would then would be that, is it strange that the politics of crypto in Washington, how there can be such a divide where... You know, you have people essentially calling for it to be outlawed versus other people saying, hey, the technology is here. Let's just build solid rules around it. Make sure that companies can operate inside the United States can can flourish and grow uh, rather than trying to shut an industry down. Because it's strange to me that at least in this cycle, it's become such a divisive issue between the parties. It is. It, it's you're right. You're spot on. It's strange. And unfortunately, you know, the the open secret here is that it wasn't like this. It was completely bipartisan up until Sam Bankman Fried. Mm. He ruined you guys. He set us back so far. So, so far. Sorry. Can you expand on that? He because of all the money that he donated to Democrats are all. It was embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And public embarrassed them that Democrats have completely flipped. Now it's like, okay, you crypto, I don't want to say bad, you know, I want to keep broods. it PG on broods. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You crypto broods. That's right. Okay, you know, you embarrassed us. We'll show you. I, I, I don't think it's, nobody's saying this, right? This is, not, this is not anything overt, but you could feel it. It's like, all right. You know, you embarrassed us. Here we go. Let's play. And they're playing for keeps. And they're they're playing with the gloves are off. The gloves mm -hmm. are really off. And you could you could feel it. And so and this is why, you know, when I say, hey, you know, 
we need help. We do need help because you know, sometimes I feel like we're we're like Jon Snow in the last the last bastion on the wall. And it's like winter's coming and everybody else is, you know, in their own in their own land hanging out and and you know enjoying themselves. But guys, it's 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 tough, right? We're inundated. We have work, we're, we're also very overworked here. We have more work, more comments, more things to respond to than than we have uh frankly hours in the day or people. Um yeah. I, I just see it as like Coinbase is a great American company founded yeah. in America, run by Americans, went public, which is like the most American thing that you can do, right? Is to have an IPO. And honestly, it's it's literally the, the pinnacle of American exceptionalism is to have your company listed on a, a national stock exchange. Uh, it just means that you've reached a, a modicum of, of success and that you're generating enough revenues and that uh, you have the desire to open your company up to the public, which I think is very, uh, you know, capitalistic and American enterprise. And so it just, it just, same thing goes with like the miners as well, too. We all know that Bitcoin miners can help with uh, energy issues, uh, especially the margins uh, out in these kind of middle of nowhere places that uh, we know they're, you know, like flaring gas or, they have you know huge swings in the electrical output on a daily basis and you know, it's really unfortunate that this technology that can empower a lot of of companies uh, to make significant changes within the world as well as employ many people within the united states are are demonized to the way they are uh, for you know seemingly trivial things i go completely right you know but <laughs> you know Look at Tesla, who transformed the American auto industry from an EV perspective. Biden doesn't invite Elon Musk to the White House, you know, and yeah. lauds GM and GM's uh, electric yeah, car sales. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I just saw a story the other day that like GM's like pretty much failed at their EVM or EV rollout, you know? Like, EVM rollout. They should definitely EVM rollout as well. Um, no, no. Uh, you know for sure and but this is this is politics and it's unfortunate and you know we represent most of the bitcoin miners we're actually pretty strong in that um in that area and we we had about a month ago a closed door meeting with them um here in dc uh most i it's like the the, the heads of the families have come together you know from the godfather <laughs> um and uh and it's it's very collegial actually with them because the, you know this whole industry is very collegial. We all move up together. We've taken them to to uh, uh, to Congress, but we're also working on a. Um, did you guys see the KPMG paper uh, about yeah. Bitcoin is good for ESG? Well, the KPMG pushed forward a paper that Bitcoin can actually be good for ESG and started changing the narrative, especially with BlackRock and the ETF that's coming. Um, the narrative is changing. We're working on a V2 with KPMG to talk about demand response. And we we have data, we see data on the ground that actually Bitcoin mining fundamentally solves a lot of energy issues and, and helps to decarbonize our environment, helps to incentivize green energy build, build out. So I'm happy to talk about it if you guys want or, or not. I know you guys are much more DeFi focused, but um, uh, that is an incredible a necessary part of the ecosystem and i think the narrative is changing but again sbf guys set set us back well now at least two years um if not more the 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 climate with democrats before sbf did his thing was bipartisan you know we have people pro crypto on both sides as well as people against crypto on both sides and it really shifted there are still some democrats richie torres uh, uh Gillibrand, others that are that are pro and that are openly pro and openly speak out uh, for the industry um but it's nowhere near what it was before and even some of the other some of the folks that have been pro are are they're more timid now they're kind of they're they're, they're being very conservative so next year the election you know votes matter and the election will matter uh and we we have to have to have to come out strong for pro crypto candidates uh, call your congressman call your senator these calls are important it's it's a completely skewed sample right it, it's not representative of the entire population but what's actually interesting 
uh, is that um, is that they respond to it because they hear people like yelling at them about a certain issue. And so when you have a lot of calls like, wow, people are calling. They're very passionate and they're um, uh, and it, it matters to them. Yeah, we had a so we've had Austin Campbell. I don't know if you've met him, uh, but we've had him on the, the show quite a lot. Uh, yeah, Defy Advisor just shared this thread with me where he's like, I never thought that I'd see the day when Elizabeth Warren has become a proud champion of the big banks. Um, you know, she wrote this letter, you know, uh, what like tw 20 years ago during the Occupy movement. You know, she was one of the big supporters of that. Um, and I think maybe the lessons of 2008 we've forgotten at this point. You know, it's been almost what 20, 15 years now. Um, and here we are where you know warren's up there grandstanding essentially putting jamie diamond on the stand and and letting him say those things to her um it, it's just it's kind of crazy right the the flip that we've seen she uh you know there's there's one big misnomer about warren somebody posts on posted on twitter um somebody posted on twitter uh that um you know she's introduced 300 bills and one only one has passed i think it's a completely dangerous uh misnomer and um the reason is because she doesn't use bills there's different ways of passing parts of bills you know there's omnibuses basically you write a bill and you have like 30 things in there and you really care about four some of them are red herrings to take away negotiations some of them get pulled out and put into other bills some of them get pulled out and put an omnibus overall she's changing the narrative okay yeah. um uh she's changing the narrative and and that uh, that's what matters she pushes the overton window on the yeah. on the idea of what's acceptable for legislation so it doesn't have to pass but it could be incorporated at a later date with inside of these bills exactly and you say look trump did this right let's think about what trump did does very well trump always does social media and kind of social persuasion very well. I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. And you're like, oh, he's the best. He's the best businessman. <laughs> he says it enough times and people believe it. It's it's just a, it's human psychology. Warren, illicit finance, illicit finance, illicit finance, illicit finance. Jamie Diamond decided to talk about illicit finance. Jamie Diamond knows where all the you know terrorism money gets funded. They know, these CEOs know, their banks pay billions of dollars per year in fines like for for sanctions violations or this and that it, it even if they're not trying to do it it happens because mm -hmm. criminals always find a way you know i have this analogy it's like you can somebody can kill someone with a knife right so should we outlaw steak knives and butter knives because somebody can die from us from a stab wound these guys know and so elizabeth warren she's she's very good about raising money on, on this anti-crypto issue um very very good very effective all her so, people read crypto twitter guys all her people read crypto twitter. <laughs> so you know the you know we're all loud out there we hate her they love it it's like a badge of honor for them it's like it's a badge of honor for us if elizabeth warren comes out and says you know so and so and calls someone else out you're like yes you know it's a badge of honor they have the same thing so what's the right way for us as a community to fight back because it doesn't seem like arguing in good faith necessarily matters like you know evidence whatever no one's gonna care like what's the best way for us as like armchair internet keyboard warriors to um like move the dialogue forward yeah i think too, that's a good question three things one truly call your representatives in the us like periodically it just takes a second you call your representative hello this is the office of so and so Hi, I'm Alex and I live at, you know, in this town that you're, that you're representing. I am a crypto owner and I believe that you're, you're anti-crypto stands or we should be pro-crypto because it helps with U.S. jobs and so on and so forth. What is your, what is your stance on crypto? Oh, well, uh, I really implore the senator to take a second look at, at, the, at the industry because it helps the underprivileged, it changes lives, and it banks the unbanked, right? That's the democratic message. The Republican message is more libertarian. Hey, and it's and you know it it it's the fundamental American freedom and its property rights. Click. Two weeks later, hey guys, I'm calling. You know you have you have you know, your representative. You have two senators. You have three people to call. Just do it. That's so that's one. Um, and I cannot tell you how important this is and how much they actually listen to this. It seems trivial. It seems stupid, but they listen. It matters. It actually, actually matters. 
Uh, I think two is uh, find the cause. I would love it to be us, but if we're not the only game in town, there are others as well. People take donations, donate. Because we take the funds and we use them to, frankly, hire more people to fight the fight. Um, and then and then three is vote. Like It's critical. It's critical. Elections have consequences. And we as an industry need to collectively reward politicians that are pro or punish politicians that are against. Yeah. And you do that with donations and with votes. You know, the unfortunate thing is that this year is marks the the. 10th year from the hack of Mt. Gox and the loss of a huge amount of Bitcoin at the time uh, because of bad practices within the exchange. And it's it's really like we've learned nothing from that time period. And we've we've instituted like zero rules for these exchanges that would prevent that from happening again. Uh, you would think that when there was a a loss of funds at Quadriga uh, CX. Uh, Canada, within a year, completely uh, rewrote all their crypto legislation and uh, imposed heavy restrictions on the crypto exchanges that operate inside of Canada uh, so that those circumstances never happen again. And, you know, we had that time. I mean, Quadriga happened at least a year, maybe a year and a half before FTX happened. And, uh, you know, we still don't have any legislation. So it's almost as if this this inability to, to pass anything just enables further malfeasance and grifters to come into the space because they, they don't have clear rules, right? Like all these companies want to do, the good companies like Coinbase, which has, has never had a hack, has operated very well, never lost customer funds and done everything possible to, to operate within the law, is under the crosshairs while we have you know, these dodgy exchanges that are now operate offshore or in different jurisdictions uh, that, you know, really got a pass and led to unfortunate circumstances like with what happened with FTX. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, the, the longer we wait to pass regulation, sensible regulation, the worse it is for us we're going to be regulated okay that there's just no that's kind of a done deal um and actually no regulation again is bad for us because it depends on what we want you know you want crypto adoption for the masses we, we need to protect the you know joe grandma or joe grandpa and mary grandma um we need uh, or we want um you know a, a number go up we need Wall Street money. Wall Street money isn't coming into an unregulated space. Goldman Sachs is not risking 99.9% .9 of the business right now, right? For 0.1% and having uh, and, and having uh, the regulators come after them. So we need regulation. Once we have regulation, once we have stable coins, and then once we have security versus commodity, plus ETF, plus now that's done, essentially done, plus FASB, essentially done, guys we're off to the races yeah really off to the races to mass adoption I, I like i don't know if this is i don't know if it works within the u.s structure but after quadriga canada essentially said like uh all the all the crypto that you have on an exchange somewhere uh is 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 a debt right you don't actually own that crypto and so the um uh like it's it's all securities right so like the crypto itself is um like if you own it in a wallet somewhere, it's under different structures. But like if if Coinbase was holding crypto for you, they give you an IOU, right? And so uh, these are all securities now. And they also separated the custodian part of it to where the uh, custodians for exchanges are not the exchanges themselves. You have a third party custodian who has their own independent auditors and is taking care of customer funds. Uh, and, you know, these seem like pretty simple rules that could be implemented like tomorrow and would probably solve a lot of the issues that we have within it within the states and would have prevented an ftx as well too uh but you know no one's doing anything with it there's no clear path to being a you know regulated and well-functioning company uh and the indeterminate in uh indecision is really a setback for for everyone even the consumers mostly You'll be surprised at how often 
sensible regulation um, that is supported by both parties is torpedoed at the not even the 11th hour 11th hour and 59th minute by a political recently democratic and democratic side agenda and stable coins is one of them has there been a stable coin bill now for sitting on in congress there's for almost two years now they're yeah. close. They were always close. We're hoping for next year for it to finally happen already. There are some key aspects that from a policy regulatory perspective matter. State pathways one, but um just has to do with federally chartered banks versus state charter banks, like who, you know, uh, who has rights where and um but the majority of of the bill has been agreed on and even on the democratic side, and you know, there's some there are just torpedoes of oh well this agency from the white house white house comes in and says wait hold and then the democrats hold um and so it's unfortunate again stable coins it should, should be, be an easy way. this should be a layup yeah hey, back your stuff with treasuries and tell us monthly that it's backed with treasuries okay you know like you get a dollar buy dollars with the treasuries we're good, more or less. That, that's the outline of stable coins, mm -hmm. right? It's like let's just get that done. Forget programmatic right now. Like I, we, we even have you even have like NYDFS coming to Congress and saying like, look at our regulations that we've had in New York, strictest state to operate a crypto company in the entire world. Look what we've done. It's been operating successfully. We've you know been able to shut down BUSD because they were doing strange things under collateralized at times you know paxos has been uh, a great player in the industry and just like look at us what we've done at the state level this should this should work i mean that should be a layup and it's it, new york's a democratic state as well too yeah you know they they have like clear analytical uh and and legal uh precedents that they can look at in determining the stable coin it should be a layup honestly like i it just it it boggles me why it's not it boggles right? us i mean but but you know we're almost there we're almost there and you're like oh it's about to happen and it doesn't and, you, and you're just like like you want to kick yourself but it's like okay fell off the horse gotta get back up on the horse go talk to them again you know there was an article i think in coindesk um uh probably a, a month and a half ago or two months ago it was about the ba the blockchain association which is another trade and it was like uh, the crypto lobbyists doing anything it's record money spent on crypto lobbyists and it's it's very hard you know like not to defend them but to defend them a little bit it's very hard to because we're all we're we have different approaches but we're essentially doing the same thing um it's very hard to prove a counterfactual if it wasn't for us then this might have happened and screwed you you know but truly guys you know i i really it's really hard to impress this upon people because again traditional finance is, is kind of easy to measure i invested a hundred dollars and three months later, it's $200. Oh, wow, 100% return. You know, it's math. It's black and white. It's very hard to say, hey, if it wasn't for us, Warren's bill would have 20 more co-signers. And when that happens, you know, now it starts picking up steam and so on and so forth, right? Or frankly, hey, Warren's bill might be a red herring for right now because there's a bill called Can See, which is 70% of Warren's bill, but that one actually has legs and might move and has a lot of the similar requirements so who's going to be the people that are there telling uh, telling the industry hey you know don't look at the shiny object here because that the goal is actually over here right and we need to be fighting both but that's so, us yeah. hypothetically what might move things forward the most would be in the next cycle if uh, some sort of sbf character emerges minus the fraud that just builds a successful crypto business that donates heavily towards democratic politicians would that actually move the needle I think so. I think that will move the needle and getting getting pro crypto candidates in office. Uh, you know, uh, I in my mind, it's it's like voting more Republican, save Trump, because if Trump is in office again, this is just me speaking. This is not the chamber's position. This is just purely Alex, you know, projecting. But I think if Trump comes to office, then you have no idea what's going to happen. You know. He's he has like a vendetta on his mind, and you know who knows where he's gonna go. But Republicans are generally more favorable. Um, 
although you have RFK that's openly a Bitcoiner and RFK Jr. that's uh, running kind of a this, the third party slash democratic ticket. So there's that. But then you have DeSantis is pro, Vivek is pro. A lot of the a lot of the Republican um, candidates are pro in the House. A lot of them are pro in the Senate. They're pro. It, it's very close to the ethos. So we don't want to get to, I don't think we want to get torpedoed with a wild card that can do and say whatever he wants to completely derail us into some crazy agenda, right? But I think um, with Gensler at the SEC, there's just very little chance of anything meaningful moving. Uh, and, you know, people are excited about the Ethereum ETF. I think that's, I think the Ethereum ETF is a long ways out. And the Ethereum ETFs will have problems with yield and staking. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be as exciting as the Bitcoin ETF, which is, it, I mean, it's pretty much a done deal at this point, right? So, so there's the voting part and an SBF, a benevolent SBF. But again, Democrats are a little worried about taking money now, right? Everyone is from crypto, but Democrats specifically. I think 2024 is the prelude to 26. 26 will be where we need to meaningfully start making changes on at the House and Senate, and 2028 is going to be our Super Bowl. 2028 is where we really need to start playing the game. And, and, and if we haven't geared up to 2028 as an industry, well, then shame on us, right? They can really shame on us. But we have to start in 24, to win a couple of key races in 24, put take out a couple of anti-crypto candidates, put in a few crypto candidates, uh, uh, the open secret is shared. Brown in Ohio is very vulnerable, and the whole industry is going after him. He's second to uh, to Warren, and he's been pressured already. So he came out and said, "Oh, Warren's bills are not going to address some of the things she wants to address." He's been pressured. He knows the crypto industry is, is kind of uh, uh, is out for his seat because he's very vulnerable in general. Um, but there are others as well. So we're playing the game. We're trying to map out the map and see who can. You know who we can place and uh and who can um nudge out of office um and uh, i know others are are as well the fair shake you know there's two, two different ways of also doing it there's one of donating money to the pro candidates that's like the aicpa uh, not aipcpa apac excuse me acpa uh the apac model like there if you're pro israel you get money if you're not you don't get money i think that's one way of doing it the nra way is running ads and actually getting people out right there's a different uh kind of way of, of getting politicians in what about primary challenges because it used to be the case kind of before sbf came along that the divide to me looked much more like young versus old um where there was just like for whatever reason like a bunch of like older politicians who objected and you got the younger sets on both parties that like seem for it like could there be an opportunity to primary some of like the most egregious anti-crypto politicians there could i mean the primaries are a little bit uh are the answer is yes. Yes. Um, we just have to make sure that the candidate that wins the primary can also win their general or whatever, you know, the Republican against the Democrat, Democrat against the Republican. Because a lot of times the primary candidate is very kind of red meat, you know, is is for a certain niche that's going to get them in to race against the other party and then they can't win that election. So <laughs> there's a lot of degrees of freedom here, but there are certain key races Um Again, Sherrod Brown is one where uh, where you can actually move folks up. I met a bunch of of pro crypto younger uh, primary challengers. One in Southern California, around in Berkeley, um, but it's going to be hard for them to unseat their incumbent, right? And again, money money is an issue, right? The way people raise money um, is is quite important. And as an industry, again, vote call and please donate money not only to us i mean I, again i would love it um and maybe we can share the the link to donate but to politicians that are pro crypto um pro crypto politicians it's it's quite important so we're going to include the link for the digital chamber of commerce you can donate um is it in cash or do you guys take crypto as well too take crypto if you you put in an amount but if you click continue there's bitpay and you can pay with whatever crypto you want or credit card or or whatnot. And I've been told that we need to put Ethereum links straight directly to the wallets, which we'll work on <laughs> and hear this feedback. Uh, tax, <laughs> tax deductible, you guys are a nonprofit? Uh, yeah. Right. So everybody that's coming into the end of this year and that has some some gains, hopefully we're all sitting on some bags going up. I mean, 
Bitcoin's 2x from the bottom last year. Uh, if you want to defer some of your tax obligations, uh, then you can make donations. So please come and donate. Uh, also donate to the politicians. Wait, is that tax deductible as well too? Uh, political a... donations? I uh, no, they're not. Okay. Back. But guys, we need to do it. I know <laughs> the sex, sex loss harvesting and lowering the taxes, but look, seriously, it's, it's a very important year. It's a very, very important year. At some point, you know, like bring in your inner uh, JFK, you know, ask not what crypto can do for you, but what you can do for crypto so, <laughs> or digital assets or DeFi or Bitcoin, whatever it is. We're all in it together right now, right? We can have these squabbles later about Bitcoin versus Ethereum and all the other bullshit. Um, but right now we're all in it together. We, we have an existential kind of uh, threat. And so, you know, st step up for the industry. I think it's quite important that all of us do, do our parts. I mean, we, we, we believe in it. It's we had bags pump for, you know, 150 percent or more if you're in it's some deep alts that Sam, you used to get me into. <laughs> uh, and so so it's important. Is uh, is Sailor up on the hill campaigning? Uh, no, but he's uh, well, I, I can't speak for him. He's a member of the chamber. We've had many conversations with him because um, those FASB uh, rules really help him with his uh, MicroStrategy company. Yes, we're going to we're going to do some things with, with him. Uh, I can't spoil it, but we're going to do some things with him uh, throughout 24 nice. um, that are that are pushing this forward. Yeah. Um, well, I guess last question: What's your what's your favorite uh, restaurant to have your lobbying meetings at <laughs> in DC? Um, there's a place called the Monocle, actually, by the hill. A lot of people go there. It's like a little bar, uh, and it's uh, if you're ever in DC, go to the Monocle, and you'll see a lot of politicians there. Um, my favorite restaurant is actually, I don't, there's no lobbying, but there's a little place in DC, Fair in DC called Regent Thai. Uh, it's, uh, it's right, um, in a pretty popular area of town and like it's empty, but it's delicious Thai food. It's just incredible. Um, but if you want to see some politicians, the monocle. Is, is, it, only, mm -hmm. is it only going food or is the influence better and the lobbying there? Uh, <laughs> you, grab, you grab your bourbon, you grab your bourbon and uh, <laughs> and uh, and you sit at the bar and you'll see people come in, come out. It's just the yeah. constant. It's just constant. And there goes the legislation. That's right. That's right. That's right. What, what's the what's the, the famous one? It's like Capitol Grill. Uh, the, the, there was the Palm and Dupont where uh, Tucker Carlson used to go to all the time. But um, the Monocle, the Monocle, it's it's right on it's like Capitol Hill North, uh, and it, it's it's a pretty pretty popular place. Well, cool. for anybody uh, who wants to help, uh, you can reach out and get in touch with Alex at Mr. Ibada on Twitter. Uh, also, make a donation as well too. Let me pull that back up. Uh, you can come and uh, make a donation to help give to crypto and what's the website though uh digitalchamber.org slash donate is the uh, is the website and uh it's here to uh and it's here to uh help you in your crypto industry so cool alex thanks for coming on thanks guys anytime we should do this we should do this again yeah cool uh, feel free to bring some politicians back on next time. We'd love to. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I hope everybody learned some stuff about uh, uh, like lobbying and pushing a pro crypto industry. And uh, restaurants in Washington. Yeah. And restaurants in Washington as well, too. Awesome. Washington. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Everybody. Bye. Thanks for having me on. Bye, folks.